as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. I don't need to tell you, it's not breaking news to say it's been really, really hot outside, but why? That is the question. We're going to ask that to our guest right now, Ethan Brown, graduate from Boston University, environmental uh, analysis and policy, joining us, and he's also the host of the Sweaty Penguin podcast, (laughs) which is lovely, which is just lovely. But yes, he's an environmental expert to talk about these things, and he has an article in uh, Real Clear Energy titled, Climate Change Drove July's Heat Records, but so did El Nino. Uh, Very, very eye-catching headline, Ethan, so tell us about it. So what's been going on for the past couple of months? Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, climate change has been going on for a while from uh, human carbon emissions, but What we had this summer is we've transitioned from a La Nina event to an El Nino event. So La Nina uh, naturally cools the planet a little bit. El Nino naturally warms the planet a little bit. So climate change did cause the majority of this extreme heat, but it was that slight nudge from El Nino that took it from really hot to breaking all the records. Can you, uh, for people that are just hearing about El Nino and La Nina, uh, or people that just completely forgot, like myself, what what are these two forces and factors, and how do they come into play? So there is a weather system in the tropical Pacific Ocean where basically there are natural trade winds that blow from east to west, and when those winds speed up, it takes more of that warm Pacific surface water into the western Pacific Ocean. It leads some of that cooler water to upwell, and that creates a cooler overall surface, which cools the planet slightly. That would be our La Nina event. El Nino is when those winds slow down, so it takes less of that warm surface water to the west. It means there is a warmer surface overall, and that slightly warms the planet. So that was the switch that happened this summer. And you combine El Nino with some of these hotter temperatures, so how does the... uh how, how, how do these two synergize? And I think July was even one of the hottest months on in human history, correct? Yeah, July was the hottest month on record. So does it does uh, El Nino act like uh, what's a good way to what's a good uh, parallel for this? What's a good analogy for the way El Nino has been acting with uh, climate change? Well, they they sort of act together. Climate change can make El Nino and La Nina a little more extreme, but really we just have a combination of factors here. So climate change has warmed our planet around 1.1, 1.2 degrees Celsius since pre-industrial times. What El Nino is doing is kind of giving it another nudge in the warmer direction. So that's why we've seen even hotter weather this summer than, say, the last few summers. El Nino happens on a much shorter time scale than uh, climate change, that's more of like a 
seven-year cycle as opposed to something that's been going on for decades. So uh, that's why these two things are pretty much distinct from each other. But we see that when both of them are put together, it leads to this record-breaking summer. Joining us on 710 KURV is Ethan Brown, environmental expert from Boston University, and he is the host of the Sweaty Penguin podcast. Davis Rankin, your question. Go ahead. Well, first, how do we know penguins sweat? I mean, that's news to me. <laughs> but um, but belay that that answer. Don't don't no, answer sorry, that. Uh, wouldn't the uh, swings uh, between El Nino and La Nina? Wouldn't they be? Couldn't one say that? They're being made worse by uh, climate change. Uh, there's some preliminary research that's showing that they're made a bit worse, but the El Nino La Nina oscillation is a natural phenomenon that we've seen, and uh, we can go back to 2016 was the last time we had a really severe El Nino. And even though climate change has kind of progressed from 2016 to the present, 2016 itself was actually the warmest year on record up until I'm, I'll wager that 2023 is going to top it. But uh, 2016 was beating out the last few years, which were La Nina years. So even though climate change is worse than La Nina kind of tampered those temperatures a little bit. Uh, I had, go ahead, Davey. Yeah, before uh, I go. Um, assuming you're right. Um, what's the consequence of that when it comes to policy making for example there's uh, people who want like us to move off carbon fuels immediately and i i take them at their word meaning immediately so uh what what what's the consequence of you being right in your analysis that's a great question so i think that we don't want to look at the heat events this summer and suggest that there is more concern now than there was, say, three months ago, because, again, this is El Nino nudging this weather uh, to be a bit warmer. At the same time, we would not have wanted to, last summer or the summer before, look at slightly cooler temperatures from La Nina and say, oh, we don't have to be concerned because it's cooler than five years ago. So, really, we, if we take the science at its word, um, we do know that carbon emissions are causing uh, climate change that creates a variety of consequences around the world, and we want to do sensible policy to to try to mitigate that and adapt to it. But I wouldn't take any kind of anomaly from El Nino or La Nina and try to make policy off of that beyond just understanding that the summer is going to be worse and we need to, um, let's say, adapt to make sure Everyone's electricity is working, so they can have air conditioning, everyone is yeah. staying safe, there's heat shelters, all that good stuff. I've been wanting to shoot somebody this question that has an idea of what's going on, because I read, it was in Scientific American, that, uh, and I think the numbers were from NASA, something that effect, when we were all shut in during COVID, and nobody was driving anywhere, no planes were flying, no boats were going anywhere, anything like that, that the... Yeah, at least I think for America, I think the, I don't know if it was for America or the whole globe, but anyway, this is besides the point. We had about 5%, 5.4% reduction in carbon emissions, and I believe the year over year that needed to be done, as proposed by NASA, was I think around 7-something percent. 
So if everybody's inside and if nobody's going anywhere and if you know trains aren't going or not trains, if planes aren't going and if nobody's going anywhere and they're all stuck inside and that's what it takes to create five percent, what does seven percent year over year and I'm rounding obviously look like for uh, reducing carbon emissions? I believe the number was closer to fifteen or twenty percent that I saw, but regardless, the point okay, is the same. We don't want to have a future like the 2020 lockdown by any means. I'm fully with you there. So what we need to figure out and what we essentially have to an extent is how do we reduce emissions while developing and moving forward and creating economic opportunity and making our lives better, not worse as as happened during 2020. So what that looks like, it can be a combination of cleaner energy sources, cleaner transportation, cleaner agriculture. Uh, there's so many different solutions out there, and uh, there's many, many different ways that we could implement them politically. It doesn't have to be all regulations and <laughs> making people sacrifice. It can be smart policy that actually tries to improve the environment and the economy at the same time. Um, I think everyone wants clean air, clean water, and a healthy environment. Everyone wants a strong economy and i i expect that we can do both how do you how do you get it to uh, an acceptable point without making it feel like we're at gunpoint doing it so i think part of that is we aren't talking enough about the progress that's already happened the united states has cut emissions by about 16 percent since 2005 when they peaked and we're better than then i think we've we've developed so this is totally doable to reduce emissions while improving our economy and not necessarily sacrificing but actually creating better technologies that help our communities have cheaper energy have more equity have better uh, economic situations so that's kind of what i hope to see i think in order to meet some of our global climate goals we need to move at a bit of a faster pace than that we need to get other countries on board more and hold them accountable, but certainly we're trending in the right direction. And I hope that we can do that in a way that continues to uh, kind of meet all of our needs rather than picking one over another. Absolutely. Thanks for spending some time with us, Ethan. Appreciate it. Ethan Brown is an, is an environmental expert from Boston University. Check out his article at realclearenergy.org. Uh, climate change drove July's heat records, but so did El Nino. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV, your 956 Drive Home. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. I'm Zach Cantu along with the living legend Davis Rankin. In the event a 
tropical system were to threaten the valley, you can trust 710KURV to keep you informed during hurricane season. Tropical covers 2023 made possible by McAfee Insurance and Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC. Over on Trenton Road in McAllen, uh, there's, there's a section where there's a lot of subdivisions, and then it just opens up to this big monumental. It looks like a museum, but the building is just beautiful. And uh, that happens to be the new temple in McAllen, Texas, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And joining us to talk about this from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, McAllen, Texas Temple, is Jason Solis. Uh, hey, thanks for coming up on the on the show. So tell us about the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tell us about the history of it. Well, thank you so much for having me on, sir. I greatly appreciate it. So the uh, history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is that, you know, we're here to invite all to come to Jesus Christ and to find peace and join their lives and in their families and and overcome uh, I, I think some of those hardships that we go through from the day-to-day life through worshiping Christ and through I guess finding peace through his uh, promises and and uh, and worshiping him and this uh, this this temple I've been seeing it uh, little by little as it was getting constructed as as uh as it's been going through all the different construction phases, and it's just immense. It's monumental. I've never used that word in a literal sense in my life until I've seen that temple. It's my. It's it's. It really is a beautiful building, and it really is. Uh, the, the the grounds are just very well kept, and and everything. So tell us about it. You know, thank you so much for asking. Uh, it is. I mean, this is a one of a kind facility. Uh, right now, we have, this is the first temple for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Rio Grande Valley. There is none other like it. We have several meeting houses where people can do their worship uh, on a weekly basis, but this temple, I'll tell you, it's, it's approximately 30,000 square feet of just absolute beauty. Just like you said, I mean, a lot of times words get thrown around, but it is no exaggeration to say how stunning it is. Um, how beautiful it is, and all of it is is actually built to to focus on Christ, to bring peace as people walk onto those grounds. I love how you mentioned the grounds, because as soon as you go on there, what's the first impression you see, right? We see the grounds, we see the flowers, we see the trees and the palms, all of it reflecting that kind of Spanish colonial style that we adopted for this uh, temple here in the valley. And it's only one in five in Texas right now. So it's a really big and it's a really great opportunity to to have it there. Jason Solis is with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the McAllen, Texas Temple that's uh, opening up soon. You guys are going to have an open house coming up to uh, view the, the facility. That is very true. This is open to the entire public. And what, what really makes this neat is, uh, you know, normally whenever we have these types of open houses, Several prominent members have made it through the doors of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saint Temple Open Houses. For example, we've had the First Lady of the United States attend. We've, uh, we just got finished doing one in Washington, D.C. So we had every single uh, media outlet from CNN to Fox News to the local radios, all of the local channels. Uh, we had Wolf Blitzer, Anderson Cooper. We had senators. And I mean, you name it, they were there. And it's just a beautiful thing. So now all of our citizens here in the Rio Grande Valley, this is open to all of you. Every single one of you can attend from August 25th through September the 9th, Monday through Friday, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then on Saturday, we're going to open it up a little earlier from 9 a.m. and then close it out at 8 p.m. So Monday through Saturday, 
We are available August 25th through September the 9th, excluding Sundays, and we are super excited to welcome the entire Rio Grande Valley and all visiting guests. It really is such a larger-than-life facility. Uh, I, what are some of the activities that are going to be uh, held there? So some of the activities that happen in temples are when, uh, you know, we're going to be able to get to go through, and we have all of our youth participate in baptisms there. We have uh, promises that are made uh, to our Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ. We hold uh, uh, temple marriages uh, inside there, and this is absolutely free of charge to members of the church. A lot of people see a facility, you know, like this, and they go, my goodness, I mean, we know how much the salons charge, we know how other people charge, and this is actually something that we do absolutely free, not one penny is collected, and the people that work inside that temple on an ecclesiastical level are not being paid as well. This is something that we do out of the love of, our, uh, you know, that out of, out of the love of, of Jesus Christ, and, and we do it, and we love it. Jason Solis is with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, part of the new temple that's opening up in McAllen. Davis Rankin, go ahead with your question. Uh, using um, other um, other churches uh, uh, for compare and contrast, um, you all have uh, local churches called steakhouses. Am I right about that? But what um, what what different will go on at the temple that doesn't go on at the steakhouse and uh, for example the uh, catholics have a local bishop who has his own place in brownsville do does the mormon church have an equivalent who will reside at, at the new uh, the new place those are great questions thank you for asking david and actually no um all of our all of our workers uh that are going to be there at the temple and all of our volunteers are truly there on a volunteer basis there is no residence at the McAllen, Texas Temple. Uh, uh, so we don't have a residence there. And then uh, another great question that you asked is, what is the difference between having a temple and having a meeting house? So what you were you know, referring to was a stake center or a meeting house oh. where several members of the church within the area will congregate for weekly services and then for our, our, our activities. So at the meeting houses, we have our, our weekly worship services. You know, those are held on Sundays. We have our Wednesday activities for youth. We have English Connect classes where we do a lot of community service, where we have free English classes that uh, LDS missionaries uh, host. We have self-reliance programs, and we have service programs. None of those really take place inside a temple. Temples are very sacred to us, and that means that we quite literally consider them the house of the Lord. And that's where we perform certain promises, and we make certain promises as families, to be better disciples and to grow closer to him and our father in heaven. And it's really for that purpose that we have temples. Uh, the, do, do you happen to know, uh, are, are, is the church still sending out young men, as far as I know, um, white shirts and black ties, even in this heat? Uh, are they still sending out, are y'all still sending out um people like missionaries like that, and if, if that's the right word for them, and what are they doing, or have you all decided to try something new? That's a great question. So again, absolutely, the missionary force for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is only growing, uh, actually. So yes, we do have our, our, our missionaries that are uh, that are out there, uh, young men and young women, uh, you know, young adults, actually, 
uh, out there doing this work on a 100% volunteer basis. They actually have to pay their own way to participate in missionary service. And uh, they are assisting us by bringing people closer to Christ through, you know, through our message. Uh, they are inviting people to attend the McAllen, Texas Temple Open House. And uh, we are more than happy to, to invite anyone to please listen you know, to the missionaries on how they can attend or maybe even get a pass-along card or invite for that open house. Jason Solis bicycles? is. I'm sorry, Davis. Davis, we're short on time. Davis, thank you. Uh, Jason Solis is the is uh, he's with the Church of Jesus Christ for of uh, Latter Day Saints at the McAllen Texas Temple that's opening up soon. I'll I'll will give you a second to uh, promote the, the the open house one more time in a second. But what are some what are some misconceptions that that people might get wrong about the 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 Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints that you'd like to clear up? You know, one of the big misconceptions, I think, uh, and I'm really grateful for that question, by the way, is that somehow we worship anyone other than our Father in Heaven and Jesus Christ, and that's just not true. I know that for the very long time, people have called us Mormons, for example. That's a very common name. Uh, you know, the Mormons, the Mormons, the Mormons. And should be told, we don't worship a Mormon. We don't worship any particular prophet. We worship our Father in Heaven, who's our God, and we worship His Son, Jesus Christ. And that is something that I'd really like to um, put out there, so much so that everything that we do, everything we speak of, everything that we'd like to promote, all of it is based upon the teachings that we find in the Holy Scriptures through Jesus Christ. What would be the proper term to use? Uh, or are we not supposed to say the M word? <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's fine. I mean, everyone's, it's, it's not a bad word at all. I mean, if somebody comes to me, hey, are you Mormon? Sure, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and, and take that. That's not a problem. We don't want anybody to feel bad. But you can, you can feel free to call us just members of the Church of Jesus Christ or, or our Latter-day Saint. Hey, you know, that's, that's the LDS, you know, uh, chapel or, you know, those are Latter-day Saints. But quite, okay. quite frankly, we're, we are very happy to, to talk to anyone. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I just wanted to make the distinction clear, uh, just, just in case that, you know, there were, that, that there were any problems, but there's, but there's not there. All right. So you got an, you got no. an open house coming up for the McAllen, Texas temple. Uh, let us know, uh, when and where. So that's a, uh, an excellent event. So right now this is going to be, Great. So anybody who's involved in the media, exclusive media journalists, um, any, any, anybody through radio or television, we're having an actual media day. And that's going to be on the, on the 21st, on Monday, starting at 10 a.m. The entire media is allowed to be there. And we're flying in our top brass leadership from Salt Lake City headquarters. They're going to be there personally to do interviews. We have the McAllen mayor, who is actually going to be a speaker there. Javier Villalobos, he's been very generous uh, to welcome this McAllen, Texas temple in his area. And then for the open house, the public open house, that'll be from, again, August 25th through September the 9th, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and then Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., excluding Sundays, we're going to be there, and we just can't wait to have everybody there. Hey, well, thanks a lot for the invite, Jason. Appreciate it. That's Jason Solis with the McAllen, Texas Temple of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints joining us on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com.
I love your show. Hello. Hello. Having our voices heard. That's right. Yeah. You live and you learn. Exactly right. This is our country. Use your heads on this stuff. Bingo. Sick of the talking heads. I agree with you. Talk, 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 talk. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she to judge? Stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only News Talk station, News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. It was President Sleeper, Joe Biden, marking the one-year anniversary of the signing of the Inflation Reduction Act. You're going to want to listen to this. Stick around. Hold on. Stay with me on this one. The Financial Times and the Wall Street Journal initially called my plan Bidenomics. But guess what? It's working. (laughs) I don't know why he decides to whisper into the microphone like that. I don't know why he does that. But it just adds gasoline to the fire of all the things that they say about him. I I don't know any other president that goes up to the microphone. Hey, hey, my plans are working. Don't you like my plans? Aren't they great? I I don't know anybody else who's done that. Anyway, uh, he was at an event at the White House. President Sleeper calling the legislation the largest investment in clean energy and climate action ever. He claimed that his legislation is creating manufacturing jobs across the country, and the sweeping legislation includes numerous Democratic priorities to address climate change and lower the cost of health care and prescription drugs. Meanwhile, listen to this. <laughs> this is some, This is a story that that contests everything that was just talked about. The Federal Reserve warns that the pace of inflation may mean more interest rate hikes. In a recent meeting, Fed officials were somewhat optimistic that the last quarter percentage point rate hike would be the last of the cycle, and officials would wait and see how hikes were impacting inflation. But new data shows the economy is expected to slow and unemployment will rise, which means another rate hike in September. Meanwhile, President Sleeper on the Inflation Reduction Act. Nearly 800,000 manufacturing jobs. Where is it written? That America can't create the most vibrant and innovative economy and be the world's leading manufacturer again. Uh, the Federal Reserve, because they're worried about inflation, just like everybody else. That's what. That's that's who says that. That's who says that. Uh, meanwhile, a Quinnipiac poll shows former President Donald Trump, the Golden Commander, still a top presidential candidate despite his legal troubles. Polar Tim Malloy says 54% of respondents think Trump should be prosecuted on criminal charges, while another 68% say anybody who is convicted of a felony should not be president. That's a big number, and that includes Republicans. So a lot hangs in the balance on where this thing goes for Trump. Oh, what do those people know? Honestly, did all those people happen to live in Nancy Pelosi's backyard? Are those the people that were polled or what? I don't understand this. So as he faces a fourth indictment, Trump is now 39 points ahead of Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. And if the election was held now, it would be a toss-up between uh, former President Trump and President Sleeper, Joe Biden. However, democracy is a main concern, with 83% of Americans say that they fear it will fall apart. So this is on the minds of Republicans, Democrats, Independents, everybody. That's a big number of people worried about the very bedrock of what this country is, which is democracy. Former Vice President Mike Pence addressing the fourth indictment of his former boss, Donald Trump, while speaking in Indianapolis Wednesday. 
Pence condemned Trump's refusal to concede that he lost the 2020 election and emphasized that the election was not stolen. Pence, who is challenging Trump for the Republican presidential nomination, says that nobody is above the law, but added that Trump and others indicted in Georgia are entitled to the presumption of innocence. I am waiting for this one, Davey, and then you can comment on everything that was just said. So former President Trump says he's planning to release a detailed report showing fraud occurred during the 2020 election in Georgia. And he'll do this during a news conference next week in New Jersey. He claimed that the report will exonerate him from the recent indictment in the state for allegedly trying to overturn the 2020 election. Trump was charged with felony racketeering and numerous conspiracy charges on Monday. And despite the former president's claims that the election was rigged, there's been no evidence of widespread election fraud. Now, before you, before you say anything, David, mm. what, was, what was I reading today? Something to the effect of why, why is it that these indictments are barely coming out now about him uh, overturning, trying to overturn things in 2020? I, I don't know. 2020, I, I don't know if you checked, was three years ago. <laughs> so why are they knew, coming out I knew now? it was in the past. I don't know and why. Then, and then uh, the other thing that I was, was I, first off, I'm happy that we're finally getting to a put up or shut up moment, right? Like, I'm happy yeah. to see, okay, so this is the this is the river card on the uh, on the, the Texas Hold'em of, of politics <laughs> and, and legalese here in all these indictments and, and lawsuits that are going around. Okay, so we've got the evidence. Flip it and let's see what it is and what the hand is going to be in this game of poker. But also, too, I mean, I can easily ask, I mean, okay, so Trump has had this evidence since for how long about, about the 20, that one's a double-edged sword. The that that question Trump goes has? both ways. Yeah, because he claims that he's got evidence that things were overturned in Georgia. How long has he been holding on to that? Well, we don't, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, there have been, uh, a number of investigations by, including by Republicans who found no evidence of, of, of fraud enough to overturn an election. Now, maybe they found fraud. There's, you know, there was a jillion court cases over this. Not one of them was sustained, not one. And, uh, those he, judges are obviously in cahoots with the Democrats. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that goes without saying. I didn't even bother to say that because we all know. Yeah, we all know they're in the tank. So um, I don't know why he's doing it tomorrow, except he's a he's a he. It muddies the waters for if people need the waters muddied. He's doing that. Um, but even if he is right and shows, let's say he does have evidence somehow that there was um, irregularities. That it has to be enough to have overturned the election, not just that there were irregularities, but sufficient to overturn the election. And number two, that does not get him off the hook for what he's accused of doing. He's accused of trying to get um, get uh, get some what phantom votes cooked up. And even if he's right now that there was hanky panky, the fact that he was doing that, I don't think that gets him off that hook at all. Well, I mean, that's for a judge to determine based off of the evidence that Trump is yeah. going to present in New Jersey on Monday. But uh, also, too, Mike Pence and other of his fellow Republicans that are challenging him for the nomination in 2024 for this election. Well, technically now, 2023 for uh, this primary. It, it I, I kind of tune all that out 
not in defense of Trump necessarily, but because I mean they're the opposition. Of course they're going to say that, right? Like it's 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 election season. You're going to say whatever you can to try to put yourself over. Even though I've said countless times here on this program and 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 elsewhere that I think that you should stay away from the 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 pro-Trump anti-Trump dichotomy if you're going to get a leg up during this election, because I don't think that attacking him is going to be a very popular way to entice Trump voters that are very into Trump. So uh, what would it take to separate the people who are still with Donald Trump from their vote? What would it take? I don't know what that. Well, I actually, I, I do have an idea, but I don't have enough time to expand upon that particular being found thing. with but a my, live woman or but, a dead boy or but, live but boy my, dead but woman. my point here is, Davey, is that you have all the opposition basically saying the same thing about him and it easily gets filtered out into, of course, they're going to say that because they're trying to win. Of course, but, Mike Pence is going to say, what did he say? Uh, of course, Pence is going to condemn Trump's refusal to concede in 2020. Of course, Pence is going to say that the election was not stolen and that Trump lost and stuff like that. And of course, Chris Christie is going to you know, call Trump a big dumb idiot. Or I don't know what he said in the past about him. But of course, all these anti-Trump guys will hurt. That's another one. You know, I mean, of course, all these guys are going to be saying things to detract from the guy who's the presidential front runner. I mean, that that's why all these things get filtered out and by the wayside. And that's why I say you don't gain any real traction in the polls by saying those things. Am I wrong? Um, I, I, I well, I don't know if you're wrong, but I would just dissent to this degree. People are not looking at this. The average person is not looking at this. Now, whether the average person would end up voting, that's a different issue. But uh, only the real Trumpers are listening to paying attention to this. And I say real Trumpers, I mean the people who hate him and the people who love him, the people who he can't do anything right, the people who can do nothing wrong. The rest of us are all going about our business and will not pay attention to things until very late in the process. Listen, all of these Republicans that are running against me, the only thing I can tell you is that they're part of the deep swamp, okay? The deep, deep state and the swamp. That's that's what I can tell you, that they're put up by the establishment to run against me because I am the people. This is the, is. this is the 956 Drive Home. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Davis. Well, I guess you could say the coin of cliche was game on at the Rio Grande Valley Partnership um, Economic Summit. Uh, it was co hosted by uh, the city of Edinburgh, who's one time city manager and now the mayor is with us on the telephone, Ramiro Garza. Uh, thanks, thanks for being with us. And uh, what what did you, you, you had a role, you had a speaking part. What, what did you say that um, that Im- impressed uh, Sergio Sanchez here at KURV? 
Well, uh, first of all, Davis, thank you for having me here sure. on, the, on your show. Um, well, I, I was obviously, being that it was held at a Bird Ogden Arena in Edinburgh, I just provided a, a welcome to everybody for coming and convening. You know, for the yeah. first time, I think we had over 47 cities uh, come together and county judges, all the mayors, Good Lord. community business leaders. We had over 650 people um, in attendance. And really, all it was is uh, it was an opportunity to come together as one region, setting aside all our, you know, any boundaries or any difference anybody may have with the goal of economic development for our Rogan Valley. And so, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about what... Uh, uh, has happened here uh, in the region, how we've grown, and obviously how uh, I think we can uh, take the region to another level by simply coming together as one region, one voice. And we had the honor of having our governor, Greg Abbott, uh, mm -hmm. uh, be the keynote and really drove that point home, right? Because he's a chief economic development, or as they refer to him there, uh, salesman for our state, yeah. right? And it just would make our job easier and his job easier if he was dealing with one region as opposed to 47 oh. of us, <laughs> right? And so I, I he uh, he really, uh, you know, again, uh, took part, and we all signed a compact, an alliance uh, mm. that we're going to work together, and the governor uh, signed it as well. So uh, I thought it was a great historic opportunity for us, and uh, we're looking forward to what the future holds for our region. The, the 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 region. Let me see if I've got this right. The region is the four counties in the Rio Grande Valley: Willacy, Cameron, Hidalgo, and Star. Uh, and Correct. right now we're two. And, and I, I'm not sure where this comes from, but it's used by businesses and others to decide where to invest and that sort of thing. A metropolitan statistical areas. I guess it gives them a little compact area to track all kinds of things, including household. Wealth and there's one for Hidalgo County essentially and one for Cameron County. Um, and I guess we leave out Willacy and Star, bless their hearts. Uh, and the thought was if we can get them together, if we could make it one SMSA, that by itself would be um, a, a game changer. Was that brought up? Well, uh, I know exactly what we're referring to. I've actually been advocating for that for a long time. Yeah. Um, those are, we have two metropolitan statistical areas, right? MSAs, and you've got the McAllen, Edinburgh, Mission, MSA, and then the Browns of Harlingen. And I think by combining them, it'll put us at a larger scale in terms of how they compare us. But that in particular didn't come up today, obviously, but what did come up is that um, not only uh, will we come together as one region, we would market now the region as one, you know, one region, one voice. Ooh. And uh, that, I think, could only help the federal government perhaps uh, yeah. combining those two MSAs, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think just by simply coming together, I think just uh, will help us uh, on many levels, and, and that may be one of them, right, combining our MSAs. Ramiro Garza was uh, was city manager in, in Edinburgh, and then he came back as, as the mayor. When were you elected, and when were you city manager? Well, actually, I started before city manager as EDC director for the oh, city of Edinburgh. Okay. I was the head of economic development for about nine years. That's I started right. in the year 2000. That's right. And then um, in 2009, I was appointed city manager, and I was city manager for about six years. So I put in a total of 15 years to the city uh, in those roles, and 
um, in late 2021, December of 21, I was uh, I had the honor of being elected as mayor. So I've, you know, been well, it's been a year and a half now that uh, serve in this capacity. I want to ask one more question about your background, so listeners will get some perspective. Where where do you come from? Well, let me let me. It, it depends on how you ask the question, Ramito. Where do you come from? Where no, where are you from? <laughs> Well, I was born in Brownsville, and I was raised in Port Isabel, and uh, I moved here to Edinburgh uh, when I was hired as the executive director of the Economic Development Corporation. So I, I moved here in the year 2000, and uh, you know, wow. uh, didn't leave uh, after that. And so I, uh, obviously, I've spent almost half my life here in Edinburgh, so it's my home, and raising my family here, and yeah, uh, but that's where I come from, and. Um, you know, and that's why I think uh, initiatives like today, bringing the region together, to me, only makes sense because um, we're the only ones that probably see ourselves as, well, I'm from this particular area. But everybody sees us as, well, you're from the valley. Well, you're from the Rogan yeah. Valley, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, so no, yeah. I, I think today was just, you know, a way to formalize things because we really, Davis, have already grown into one another, right? I mean, it's that we don't even have a choice. I mean, there's residents that, I don't think they care where they're located, to be quite honest with you. I mean, they sometimes don't even know. They just want their services. Yeah, there was right? a there was and, a, a banking yeah. study, a woman named Karen Richmond, who I thought think was working for the McAllen Chamber at the time. But anyway, she did a study of where bank where bank loans. I'm trying to think how to phrase this, where bank loans were going, and uh, the the punchline is that. The Raymondville Bank didn't loan just to Raymondville people, and the Brownsville Bank didn't loan just to Brownsville people. They were loaning all over. Everybody was loaning all over the valley. And at least anecdotally, we have listeners who, you know, they live in Mission and work at the port or that that kind of thing. It's uh, kind of astounding to me that uh, that that goes on. But we, it's just, I, I guess it must be hard. Is it harder getting the businesses to see it that way or getting Washington to see it that way? Well, I, I'll be quite honest with you, Davis, the business community who has been doing this for a long time, yeah. right? You have banks that setting up branches all throughout the region, right? You have businesses mm-hmm. locating, you know, throughout the region. And um, I, I think it's really a matter of, of how we act. I say act as in how how we go about promoting our area. And by design, we're 47 cities, four counties, right? And each city has their own, right, economic development, own economic development plan as they should for their city. Really today, what that was about was just combining all that. You know, the governor Mm -hmm. talked about that. He talked about the Dallas area, you know, and how, you know, places like Irvin is landing all these corporate headquarters, oh, all yeah. these, and you don't hear that the mayor of Irvin coming out, you know, taking all this credit. You hear just the DFW area, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, and uh, I, it, because you know what they figured out is that you know a headquarters located in Irvin is uh, going to benefit the whole area. What's good for one community, it's good for another, right? It's good for the whole region. Well, the politicians you know why? let the go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, and my last point was, and the reason why is because it, whoever locates, for example, in Edinburgh, well, all the employees are not going to be from the city limits of Edinburgh. They're going right? to live in McAllen, where, where the air they're is sweeter, live you know that. wherever they live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to live wherever they live. I mean, I, that's just the way it is. So we all benefit. 
And people yeah. are going to go shop wherever they're going to shop. People are going to go eat. So that impact is just obviously carries over to as a region. And so we just need to come together and, and formalize it. And I think that's what today was about. We all signed a compact about working together. And we're really excited about it. I think it's like a new era of growth and prosperity. I think for our region, there's so many new leadership in our region that, mm-hmm. that is very, very open and sees it this way. And it was great timing. And to have our governor not only attend as our keynote speaker, but take part in signing the compact with all the mayors, I think is very telling. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess I guess we're all happy that the, that the governor, any governor, pays attention and wants to see us prosper. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, it would be, it would be. You're right. Everybody says you're from the valley. They don't say you're from Lyford, and they don't know where Lyford is, but they know where the valley is. So um, correct. What um, I forget where I was. Somebody said one big, uh, one one big manufacturing job, one big payroll. Now I don't. I want to make it sound like this guy was yearning for the days when we just need a, you know, we get a car manufacturing plant. Oh, we'll put us over the top. That's not what I, this guy was saying. But when we finally, and we have the land, we have, is that in prospect or is that, is that kind of passed? That era has passed. Well, no, I, I think, look, uh, coming together as one region, Dave, is it, it, there's two important things and the governor touched on one of them. Uh, number one, you mentioned it as far as the MSA. Coming together as one region, now all of a sudden, when we submit a proposal for a prospect, we are a proposal of 1.4 million people, yeah. right? As opposed to Edinburgh submitted a proposal of 104,000. Yeah, it's a lot of you know population, but that's not 1.4 million. <laughs> so, I mean, if you just go based on that in itself, it just puts us at another level yeah. in terms of competing. But the other thing, and the governor touched on this, it's very important, and I think it's what's helped BFW and other regions of our state, is that once other, not other, just businesses in general, right, start seeing that um, there's projects that are coming to the region, mainly Mm. because the area's working together and they were attracted through a regional effort. Yeah. It's just going to open up so many more possibilities. We have young workers. Because business attracts business. Yes, sure. Absolutely. And they show up for work, which apparently is not true That's every, right. everywhere. It, 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 it's kind of like looking at the, re- the franchise restaurant uh, model, right? Business mm-hmm. model. Um, you got to give it to, you know, restaurants like McDonald's, a national franchise, global right franchise. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because when they select a location, Dave, is they, they do so many studies, so much is involved behind their choosing a certain location. So much so that wherever they locate, you normally see an area just blossom, right? Because oh. they feel that, well, I mean, it's business attracting business, right? Yeah. And that's at that level. But in, as a region, as our Rogan Valley, it, uh, much the same uh, will happen. It's just word will get out and, yeah. you know, people will see so those benefits and, and advantages of locating here. 10-4. Um- all right, Romito Garza, thank you very much for your time, and uh, thank you for giving us a little insight into what you all, all the elected and uh, appointed folks who are responsible for this had to say. It sounds very hopeful. That's a good thing. You're listening to the 956 Drive Home here on 17KORV.
You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.